0: When was the last time you checked your beneficiaries listed on all of your accounts? We here at Peace of Mind Wealth Management think it is very important to be doing this annually and double checking and making sure that things are set up the way that you believe them to be set up. For that reason, we're bringing on Nick Hymanson, one of our very own financial planners in the office. And we're talking about our financial plan strategy meetings, but specifically, what are we doing when we're talking about beneficiaries and how are we making sure that they are the way that you believe them to be?
1: Yeah. So we go through a lot on this episode, kind of walking you through all the different ways to set up beneficiaries, the importance of how to do it. Uh, We give you some language that you might think of, well, how do you even spell that? Merce does help us out. But if you're driving or walking, uh, always remember that you can go to our blog page and we have a blog written on this very topic as well. It's pomwealth.net. And you can just click on the blog page. It's right there. If you have any questions you would like to talk to us about, you can go to the top right-hand corner, click on schedule call, and our calendar comes right up and we would love to be able to have the opportunity to chat with you. But before we get into this episode, we have a very quick disclosure.
0: The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show.
2: Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve, are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq.
1: Welcome to Secure Your Retirement Podcast. Uh, We are excited about today's topic. We actually have uh, uh, Nick Hymanson, who is another certified financial planner in our office with us on this episode. And this episode is really focused on beneficiary designations, but this all kind of comes out of a particular meeting that we do with our clients every year, which we call our financial planning strategy meeting. And uh, there's a lot of work that goes into this meeting. There's a lot of things that come out of it. It's extremely beneficial. But I thought we could kind of start out, Nick, by if you could just kind of say, you know, what is a financial planning strategy meeting, and what what kind of happens in there?
3: Yeah, so in the financial planning strategy meeting, we're we're covering a multitude of topics, um, things from how you know accounts have done over the last year. We're talking about beneficiaries, um, any new updates in terms of just daily living. So looking at in all essence, a budget, so expenses and income, and making sure that we're withdrawing from the right place. Or um, if we can turn on different sorts of um, income sources as well, that's a big discussion topic. So um, from the entire financial planning standpoint, we're using our retirement plan to take us through the conversation. And um, from there, we're kind of making decisions and having discussions on on all those different topics.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I talk to people a lot when we, when we talk about financial planning and, and, and having a financial plan, which is, this is all based around the financial plan is that I compare it to a GPS system. And I always ask people, what do you think is the most important part of what you put into a GPS? And a lot of people very quickly will say the destination. And I say, yeah, that's a very important thing, but what if I'm trying to get somewhere, but yet I don't know where I'm at. Then, then that's problematic. I can't get somewhere if I don't know where I'm at. This What this meeting does that Nick was just walking through is every year we're updating the location of where we're at. So we're basically updating account values. We're making sure that the income is right. Sometimes people get increases in their social security. Maybe they've got another piece of income or they've stopped getting a piece of income. Whatever that is, it just updates that location. So
0: yeah. Also, and on top of that, because uh, you know what we always talk about is that there there's so many things when it comes to a retirement-focused financial plan. It's not just about investing, but it's also you know where where are we today, and what are the milestones that are ahead of us? Whether that's decisions on Social Security or maybe you're turning 65 and you've got Medicare approaching and you don't understand Medicare. Well, we have a Medicare person in-house now that's helping have those and guide those conversations. Uh, the estate plan side of things. So what happens to the money when you're not here? Uh, that's a topic of conversation as well, which kind of leads us into uh, beneficiaries. Because sometimes in a meeting, I will, will, will say, let's talk about beneficiaries. And they could say, well, you know, my will's got that all handled. And unfortunately, that's not true. And that's not the way that we want to approach beneficiaries. A lot of the accounts that we accumulate over the years, We get to tie beneficiaries to them like 401ks, IRAs. Those are the most common uh, that you know the word beneficiary for, but you also have life insurance uh, and pretty much any account that has cash in it, even your bank accounts. What we talk about is the more beneficiary uh, designations you can have added to account, the simpler the process is going to be when that terrible time comes and we have to to start uh, putting the estate in process. So, Nick, how about this? Let's walk through since we're now talking about beneficiaries. first of all, you know, take us through what what are we doing to prepare for this conversation around beneficiaries before the client even gets there?
3: yeah. so so before the meeting, um our team is really looking at all of the accounts, all of the investment accounts. and um, for some, we're calling insurance companies and confirming who's listed as beneficiaries for primary beneficiary. and, contingent beneficiary, as well as um, their percentage allocations. So um, some people may have multiple beneficiaries listed under primary and contingent. Some people may have just a few. So um, for everyone it's different, but we check over every single account insurance wise, we have to, we're likely calling them up, but then also on the Schwab side of things and then the other types of accounts um, we may have online access, but we're putting all of the accounts together. Um, we're splitting it up by account so that um, we can basically present that in the meeting on um, looking at the
1: different Schwab accounts, as well as the different insurance company accounts as well. We can talk about that, too. Yeah, I think the important thing here is that we do this every single year. And somebody might go, well, what would happen over the course of a year that would make this, you know, need to be updated and all these different accounts? And, I mean, we could tell you story after story. Uh, I'll tell you a couple. Uh, one, uh, somebody actually had um, uh, gotten a divorce and they just hadn't remembered to to fix all those beneficiaries. Uh, and so it doesn't matter who you're married to today. If you had your previous spouse listed, that's who would get the beneficiary. That's who would get it. There is no arguing that point. And so that's just something that's important. The other thing is, is sometimes uh, there's changes that might occur. Uh, we've had scenarios where somebody has a child who maybe has gotten into some kind of legal issue, uh, maybe some kind of a lawsuit, or maybe they uh, are themselves are going into a divorce, and so they don't want money to go that direction, and so they they're rethinking it. So we could go on and on and on as to why beneficiaries need to be changed, and I'm sure Nick, you might have a, a story or two as well. But, um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about the structure and and walk through. What kind of things, like what kind of layers, as well as how you would actually put down uh, beneficiary designations? And we can just take our most common. Let's say you got a, a couple, husband and wife. How would they think that through?
3: Yeah, so so very likely, and, and I'll cover primary and contingent beneficiaries first. So very likely what we see for a couple is um, if they have an individual account, um, We're seeing the spouse as 100% primary um, beneficiary. So the primary beneficiary is who gets the money first. Where does it flow to first? And then um, the contingent beneficiary is if that person isn't there as the primary, that's where the funds will go to at that point. So it's basically you can look at it as a backup um, if the primary is not there, um, but that's kind of the flow from... Um, an individual account standpoint for joint accounts. um, It works a little differently. Um, If you do have a spouse, in some cases, you're still listing, um, you know, both people as primary beneficiaries In other cases, just depending on the investment account, you're skipping kind of because you're both technically owners of that joint account. You're going and looking at, okay, we're both owners. Where do the funds flow at after that point? Um, So that's something to think about. And so on each account, it's just different different situations and um, different beneficiaries listed.
2: I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out.
0: Yeah, I had a a phone call the other day with someone and we were just talking about setting up a different, a a new account for for him and a Um, we were looking at how beneficiaries were set up on a different account that we managed for him, And I, and I said, you know, I don't see any contingent beneficiaries listed here. Now in his case, he's got something set up to where he doesn't feel like he needs contingent beneficiaries because he wants it to go to his estate. I would say that's a rarity, but I think, you know, understanding the difference between primary and contingent me, Nick, and Raiden, we do this for a living, so to us, it's a second language. But to everyone out there listening, you know, it's not a common thing, so that's why we want to take the time to explain that. But then also, um, uh, Nick, you mentioned allocations, right? So with w- with primary, sure, yeah, it makes perfect sense in a lot of cases that if I'm not here, my wife's gonna be primary. She's gonna get a hundred percent of the money. Um, but go to a scenario where now you've got. Uh, a spouse and then also now you've got uh three kids. How is it dictated as far as those three kids, if they're all three contingents, uh how's the money divvied up then?
3: Yeah, so so in that scenario, um, for the most part, what we see is um splitting up contingent beneficiaries by a a third for each of the kids. So if there's three kids, you would pretty much have it thirty three percent for each of the kids. And sometimes um in certain cases, we'll have to give 0.01% to one of them just to make it an even 100%. Um, but that's kind of how it would show in, in that sort of specific individual account. So it would go to the spouse first as a 100% primary beneficiary, and then you'd have the three kids
1: listed um, below that as contingents. So let's talk about this scenario real quick, because I, 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 we get this one every now and then. Let's say that I have two children. Uh, I'm going to make them my contingents. I'm going to put my spouse as my primary. I'm going to put my two children, uh, as contingents. And let's say that they each have children. Um, and what I want is if something were to happen to one of my children, I don't want that money to go to the other child and then get a hundred percent. I really want it to go down to my, uh, to my grandchildren. So how do I do that? How do I do I just have to go through and name all them? And then the question comes up, well, what if one's born and I didn't put it down? So how do I make sure that future grandchildren get it equal? What's a way or strategy to do that? Right. So a
3: strategy to do that
1: and uh, um, what it's it's called is per
3: stirpes. So it's a specific beneficiary designation that you can put on your investment accounts that um, designates that the um, funds will flow. To uh, down that specific family tree. So in, that, in this case, we're talking about two kids, and let's just say it's 50-50 split evenly. Um, if one of the kids is no longer there, but the designation on that kid as 50% beneficiary is per stirpes, that 50% of the funds will flow down their family tree to their kids um, without any need to list them on the account, just as long as it's listed as per stirpes, that's kind of how you keep it split 50-50, um, divided by the two family families, basically.
0: Yeah, and I would say per stirpes, which by the way, it's spelled, uh, because it's a tricky word, P-E-R, and then the next word is stirpes, S-T-I-R-P-E-S, if you're jotting it down and uh and check you should check always check your beneficiaries that's the whole point of this episode but check if you have per stirpes if that is your intention for the money to flow downwards the uh the the hierarchy of the family versus what the other one is called is per capita which is what nick was talking about earlier go back to the 50-50 split of of the two kids and if one of the kids isn't there per capita means instead of it going to that kids uh uh kids in all essence it would go across to the the other sibling, so the uh the fifty the percent that they were supposed to get would go shifted over to their sibling rather than going down to their family lineage. So, uh, per capita versus per stirpes, it's an I think an important distinction to understand. Uh, a lot of people don't know that per stirpes is out there, but I think it's pretty powerful. It saves a lot of the legwork of updating all these beneficiary forms every time a kid is born, uh, or a grandchild is born, and it makes it a lot smoother as far as what your intentions are, which is keeping it down the lineage versus uh, per capita going across the the lineage of your own kids. So,
1: and I was just gonna say on that point, just real quick before we hit to another topic is just so you understand, if I have a child who has four children, right? I got four grandchildren. If I say per stirpes, it automatically equally gives it to each child, grandchild. So I don't have to worry about the percentages. It's just gonna split it up. 25% 25% to each grandchild equal. Now, if I did want it to be a different percentage, I have a grandchild I love more than the others or has a bigger need than the others. I can't use per stirpes. I have to list those children and put the actual percentages there for that particular lineage, um, which you can do. So if I have that situation, I've got one who I don't want to have as much or whatever it might be. I was kidding about the by the the loving one more than the other, but but there are scenarios where somebody would say this person doesn't need the money. Uh, maybe they've already got. They, I've got one that decided to, to do something that doesn't make a lot of money. I got another one who is a uh, you know brain surgeon, and they make a really good uh, income, and I I don't want it to go equal that way. So we can we can use that as a as a tool. One other quick tool before we move on, I just want to speak about this real quick. Is the other element if I have the Persterpes language. And let's say that I left my IRA, which is all taxable to my child, and let's say that my child now is older and they're making a really good income. They have the right to disclaim a portion of their inheritance. And what that means is, is that they could disclaim it. It would then go down to the grandchildren and they would get that and they would then pay their tax rate. And so that could be a very big tax advantage. They get to make that decision in the, in the moment. They don't, you don't have to make that ahead of time, but by having the purse stirpes, you're able to set that up. I'm sorry, Marcia, I cut you off there. Cause I wanted to hit that topic.
0: No, that's really all I had. I think we've talked about beneficiaries quite a bit. Um, obviously there are things outside of beneficiaries that, you know, you want to think about as well. And we've done several podcasts on trusts and whether or not you need a trust or a will. All these things I think are very important to be talking about every single year. Is my Are my beneficiaries up to date? Is my will in the right place that it should be? Or does my trust need updating? Because uh, the fact of the matter is we see it all the time. Life changes. There, There's divorce. There's death. There's new kids that are born. Uh, and so you want to be thinking about this on a regular basis because this is, you know, your retirement is one of the biggest assets that you have. And if you're going to leave some of it behind, you want to make sure it's being done properly. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into financial planning. Our goal is to bring Nick on uh, from time to time to talk more about some of the things uh, that we talk about in financial planning strategy meetings, whether it's around you know uh, tax conversations or investment strategies or income planning or withdrawal strategies, all these different things. Uh, we want to do it in short snippets as, as so as not to overwhelm. Uh, but thanks, Nick, for
1: being here. And um, uh, that's all I've got. All right, everyone. If you have any questions feel free to go to the website, top right-hand corner, click on schedule call. Our calendar comes right up. You can click on that. And we're glad to hop on a call, answer any questions you've got about this topic or any other topic. But thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you again next Monday.
2: All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster." Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are. And now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.